Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Attention cannabis radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody. It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, and I am beyond excited today because I have one of my personal heroes. She doesn't know that, but she's one of my personal heroes because she's one of the first um, vets out there to uh, research and look at CBD as as something that we can give our animals, especially to help them with seizures. Um, So joining me today, I have Dr. Stephanie McGrath. She is the Associate Professor in the Clinical Science Department at the Head of Neurology Service at Colorado State University. And she is the one who led the first study. Is it the first? Are you, I know you're one of the first, but were you the first to actually start doing a study on um, dogs with seizures using CBD? That's correct. Woohoo! Congratulations. Um, it's, it's so, it's kind of cool to be in a world, live in a world where we can actually be the first to do something. So it's really neat. And I really want to say thank you for being that person because I don't understand how a, um, a vet can go through school, come out, get into clinical practice, and then see that certain things just aren't working and to continue to use those things even though we know that there's other things out there, especially nowadays. Um, so, A, I want to thank you for being one of those people that goes, this isn't working. There's got to be something better. Um, tell me about that. Tell me what it's like to get out of school, get into practice and go, this isn't working. Yeah, no, that's um, a great question. And it's it's truly what started my research. So I think it's a perfect um, sort of place to start. And yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it was an interesting journey because you go to veterinary school and I would imagine similar for medical school or really any, any other, you know, scientific um, career where you go in and you learn all the basics. You know, I went through veterinary school and I learned, you know, all about, 
uh, as much as I could about veterinary medicine. And then I went on and I specialized in veterinary neurology. And so still took classes and um, completed my residency. And still the whole time, a lot of it is textbook learning. A lot of it is reading the literature. Um, sure, you start getting into the clinics a little bit more, but you work underneath your, your mentors and you're still not the person that these clients are coming to see. And you're not, it's not all on your shoulders to be making these decisions. And so I did all of that and, and I knew the numbers. I knew what diseases had what prognosis and what um, drugs worked and what didn't and what the side effects were from a textbook. I knew all of that. Yet when it really took me getting out into practice as a neurologist and that first year was very eye-opening for me. And maybe it's just because I'm a little slow. I don't know why it took that for me to really uh, feel the impact of some of these diseases that we don't treat well. And, you know, again, you can read in the, in the literature, 30% of dogs on standard anticonvulsant therapy that have epilepsy are not appropriately treated. They still have uncontrolled seizures. And you can read that the side effects of phenobarbital can make a dog more sleepy or walk a little bit more drunk-like. But until you're working with these families where they say, you know, I have this three-year-old Labrador that I used to hike mountains and I used to take camping and it used, you know, he loves swimming in lakes and I can't do any of that with him anymore. He doesn't want to go outside. He doesn't do anything but sleep. And when they bring you that dog, it's, you really start feeling the impact of, of the struggle that these families go through. And therefore that we do as veterinarians, you feel like a failure. I mean, you know, it's, you, you kind of graduate thinking I'm a doctor now I can do this. I can treat these animals. And until you, you see, you fail until you fail and see what it's like to fail. Um, and that it's all on your shoulders that they bring this dog in to be euthanized because right. and imagine, and I want our audience to imagine what that must feel like to some, to someone who, and I just posted a big old long Facebook post because we lost another vet to suicide. And I want our audience to realize you've spent a lot of money, time, and energy going to school to become a veterinarian, to help animals. And you get out and half the stuff you learn doesn't work and or makes our dogs sicker. So we have a vet right now on with us who not only said, wait a minute, something's got to be better. She started researching what was better because to me, it's common sense. If it works in a human being, most likely it's going to work in our animals, especially when research studies are done on animals in the first place. So you, I am assuming are going, okay, nothing's working. And now you're starting to hear about the benefits of CBD for humans. Did you immediately go, okay, this, let's see if this will help our pets. Because also to remind my audience, you're not taught anything about the endocannabinoid system, the master system of all our systems. You are told nothing about in vet school. So imagine that also. So imagine how you must feel. And now you realize this, you research, you study it, and now you're actually helping pets. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting to, to try to start on this journey that, I mean, like you pointed out, Angela, it's, I mean, this is not a new drug. This is not something that we 
know nothing about yet. I mean, it's been used for what over 10,000 years as a medicinal product, not just recreational. And yet discovered and used by Chinese medicine, you know, centuries and centuries ago. (laughs) Yes. And so it was really interesting to kind of see what was happening on the human side, know that we needed something better on the veterinary side and to kind of start on that journey. Like you said, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the first or the first to research this um, drug and epilepsy in animals, but I shouldn't be, I should not be the first. I should be, you know, I should be learning about this in school because others have done it before me for hundreds of years, yet I'm the first, which is crazy. So yeah, it's been interesting. It is. Why do you think that you're the first? Because why do you think it took so long? Why are you the only one asking this question? You know, before you came on, that's what I was asking. I go, I don't understand. And, and the same thing happened to me. I bought a grooming and boarding shop. I thought what my dog suffered and, and I, how I lost my dog was just me until I owned a boarding and grooming shop and saw that 80% of the dogs that come into our shop and were very busy were sick and are suffering in silence. And if you talk to the pet owner, they're saying, I, I tried changing the diet. I have put them on every prescription drug. Now their hair's falling out. Now they won't eat anymore. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. At what point it has to stop. Um, so let's talk about what you did find. You yeah, did this so- research. You said, I got to find something else. I know CBD works. Now I'm going to try it. How the heck did you come up with that? Because that's how I am all the day. I'm like, let's just start using it, which I have been since probably about the same amount of time, but I'm not a vet and I was just doing it on my rescue farm, you know? Yeah. See if it works. Let's, let's apply what I learned. Honestly, Angela, I would have to say, I don't know that we came at it with very different approaches at the time. I, I had the exact same attitude. I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's now legal, you know, legal and it's being used, it's being sold. And yet we have not studied it in a scientific environment. And so why? I don't know how to even answer that question. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors, but I had the same sort of um, confusion about why no one's done this and why wouldn't I at least see if it works. Um, And so I- You have nothing to lose. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to be permanently damaged. And you know that. So we have nothing to lose. Right. It seemed like worst case scenario is that it wouldn't work, but- so are a lot of the drugs that we are using don't work. So why wouldn't we try it? And, you know, and I had, it's funny, I had the very same attitude you did. I was like, all right, bring them in. Let's just give them CBD and see what happens. And then I had to sort of go through the, take a step back and go through the regulatory issues um, at CSU. So make sure that, you know, everything was approved and I was doing this all and, you know, on the up and up and making sure that everyone was happy. I had to. Did you get any pushback or you're lucky because you're in Colorado? So everyone's got the right frame of mind out there. I got so lucky. I got so lucky. Um, I was actually worried because if this was back in, you know, 2014, 2015, going into 2016. And I was worried. I mean, you know, even though that's not that long ago, it's long ago enough that it didn't have, um, it wasn't quite as mainstream as it is oh, yeah. now. It was a completely different world back then. I a couldn't find a pet product back then. Yeah, exactly. And so I was worried that some of the negative connotations that had that were still exi- in existence um, would be of concern and and in starting this research. And so 
but no, I was met with encouragement and support. And, you know, I went through the whole legal team at CSU to make sure that this was okay to do. And, you know, there was nothing behind the scenes that occurred. And they were, they were all huge supporters and just tried to figure out, you know, how to make it, um, as, as appropriate as possible. So they didn't care about the connotations. Honestly, they were like, whatever, this is, this is happening. This is like, we need to be on the forefront of the science, not here. And so they were amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, they had to put some things in place, like we needed, you know, to, to prove that this was a hemp product. So, you know, certified by the Colorado department of agriculture, and we needed certificate of analyses and all the, you know, the, Things that we should have anyway, but Which guess what? That's what a, a a pet parent should do. Also, while picking a product, exactly. we have to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to talk about um, you starting and then what you immediately saw and found when we come back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Okay, we are back with Dr. Stephanie McGrath, and we're talking about um, her first and the first ever research study on CBD for the use of dogs that are suffering from epilepsy and seizures. Um, so you got all, you got through all the legal stuff. CSU said, yep, go for it. And I guess you didn't have any trouble getting uh, patients who are willing to try anything to see if it worked. Um, being in Colorado, you must have yeah. some really awesome open-minded people. So then what happened? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely correct. It was a, it was a hit. I mean, it, was, it gained a lot of publicity, I think, because we had fairly strict scientific um, inclusion, exclusion criteria. And I, I, I like to think it was a fairly rigorous um, scientific study that we actually probably had to turn down more people than we were hoping. Um, so yes, it, it gained a lot of traction. People were really excited to be in the study, helping science, helping other animals, hopefully helping their own, and certainly pushing forward the scientific aspect of the industry. Um, so yeah, so we started out with a pilot study. We enrolled, um, uh, well, we enrolled more dogs and actually completed the study, but we had 16 that completed we had nine in our uh, control group, or sorry, in our treatment group. So nine dogs received CBD over a three month period. And then the other seven received a placebo during that three month period. So these were all dogs with naturally occurring diseases. We did not induce anything um, that had, uh, that were suffering from what we called refractory epilepsy. So they were already being treated with the standard medications we have available and were failing. So they were continuing to have multiple seizures a month, even on oftentimes as many as four or five um, of our standard 
medications out there. And so we enrolled them in the study and we added on either a CBD or a placebo. So they stayed on their, their standard of care treatment. And then we added CBD or placebo. We were blinded. So none of the researchers knew what the dogs were receiving. Neither did the owners. So that just helps keep things um, unbiased. And again, just sort of increasing the scientific rigor of the study. And so um, the dogs took the medication over a three month period and recorded what their seizure activity did. So did it get worse, stay the same or get better? Um, and excitingly, and uh, please take this with a grain of salt, it is 16 dogs. So it is right. by no means a large study even in the veterinary world, but we did have really great preliminary data. We found that the dogs that received the plus or the uh, CBD had a greater reduction in seizure activity than the dogs that did not. And so, although again, it was a small study, it laid a really beautiful foundation for proof of concept um, type of data to continue with larger studies in a larger population. And so that was the beginning. That's amazing. And are you, do you think, I know that you're involved in two more studies now, one that's just completing and then an additional one. I'm assuming some, that in there is got something to do with dosing mm -hmm. um, because of course, in my, you know, uh, non-clinical trials here, every single dog is completely different. So I could have two different dogs experiencing different types of seizures and one is going to need a hundred milligrams and another one's going to be 50 and it, it will never have one again. Um, is that something that you're finding? Yes, absolutely. Angela, you should come work at CSU. You're like a step ahead. <laughs> no, I went to the university of Colorado. <laughs> Perfect. I went um, I go through the university of Vermont's um, program. I was invited to attend their inaugural class, um, back in 2016. So they've got that, uh, program for, uh, medical cannabis, therapeutic use and biology. So I went through that. So I know everything <laughs> I uh, and then turned around <laughs> yeah. And then turned around and started using it on my dogs, on my rescue. Well, not just dogs. I use it on my, every animal that, you know, has, because we all have an endocannabinoid system. So yeah. my, right now I'm having incredible success with my Doberman who has osteosarcoma and I'm only treating oh, her with, um, cannabis diet, of course. And, um, turkey tail mushrooms, which are becoming my new favorite is mushrooms with cannabis. Um, yeah. but yeah, tell me about some of what the research you're working on now and how that's kind of like a step up. Okay. I proved that there's something here. Now, what do you do with that? And what I love is that you're not even a researcher. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, I didn't know that this is where I would end up. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true. I, I yeah, I was just a, a very happy clinician. And then I, I realized, like I said, at the beginning that this was, this was not going to work um, with the medications we have. So somehow became a researcher, um, clinical and, researcher. And what's kind of funny is that, you know, people will go, uh, you know, some vets will even say, well, CBD is not approved by the FDA. I'm not, you know, going to take it. I'm not going to give it to a pet, but uh, neither is phenobarbital for the use yeah. of dogs. So I love to bring up that little fact when people say something like that. Um, and CBD actually works and phenobarbital most of the time does not and has so many harsh side effects. That's what she's trying to do, folks. We're trying to stop the seizures without making things worse. We're supposed to be doing good. We're supposed to be helping our animals, not making them sicker, not suppressing or damaging their immune system so that it no longer can help them. 
Um, okay. So sorry. Tell me more. No, no, no. You're, you're spot on. And so, yeah, I think, um, the variability is a really great point and that's exactly what we're trying to work with now. And so we know that it likely will help dogs with seizures. Um, again, we're still sort of in the process of, um, quote unquote, proving that with our, our most recent study, um, that's, uh, the funding came from the AKC canine health foundation. And so they, funded a much larger study based off of that pilot study. And so that's kind of what we're, we're sort of in the final throes of finishing up that study um, to show that in even a larger population of dogs, um, it still works. And then the study that we're launching now is exactly the dosing question. So, you know, and I agree with you 100%. It is metabolized so differently. It is so differently affecting different dogs that it's, it's very individual. And that's okay. I think trying to understand a dosing range is helpful. The other big thing we're doing right now, and I think this ultimately is going to be really important. Um, I'd be curious on your thoughts, but the um, I think measuring their plasma CBD levels, because it's really hard to understand. I mean, honestly, you could give the same dog two milligrams of CBD and it's going to be high in one dog's blood and it's going to be low in another. And, you know, and that's okay. It's the nature of the drug, but I think understanding if we are able to reach X amount in the bloodstream, we're likely to decrease seizures. So who cares if that dog gets 400 milligrams or two milligrams? The point is, is that can we identify a threshold that yes, if we can achieve this threshold, in dogs, we are likely to stop or at least decrease the frequency of seizure activity. And so that's kind of where we're working now. I totally agree. And I also, what I found is that it's a big difference between a young dog and an old dog for sure. and how many deficiencies they have in their endocannabinoid system. So if seizures is just one part of, they've also got cancer and Cushing's and all of these other things, Definitely. I feel like you take the CBD or cannabis, and it's going to address all of those issues in due time. Is it going to stop the seizure? Most likely, but it may need more because it's also doing all of this other stuff. But right. yeah, my oldest um, patient was, she was 16. So she lived to be two years more. And here in Tampa, I'm like the crazy cannabis witch lady. And I got some <laughs> vets who go, you know, the owners aren't willing to give up or the vet thinks that maybe there's a chance that I can do something. So I'm the last resort. So I get these animals that are on death row and turn it around purely on diet and cannabis seizure stop. And I got to figure it out because I can't just go. I'm going to start at this point. Thanks to your research. I know where to start. I know where to start. And then I know that I'm going to, I may need to reduce or give her more to completely stop them. And she was six pounds and a hundred milligrams of full spectrum uh, hemp extract stopped her grand mal seizures. I would even try to take it back after like three months. Okay. Let me take it back and see. Nope. I had to stay at that hundred milligrams, a younger dog. I may not have to do that. So I think it has a lot to do do with age and the multiple deficiencies in your endocannabinoid system. So every, but that makes sense. We're all completely different individuals, dogs, cats, animals. We all are different. So we can't just go, here's how much is going to stop your seizure. So that's right. really hard for um, pet parents to understand. But to me, it makes complete sense because that's how it works with us. That's how any medicine works with us also. 
Exactly. And I think setting that stage when you get started is, is important. I mean, you know, we say, look, this is not going to be a one and done thing. Most likely we're going to have to play with dosing. We're going to have to, to monitor. It's an art form. It's not a cookbook recipe. And so, you know, and that's, it's not an uncommon um, occurrence with drugs. You know, I think it's unreasonable to go in and say, if this dose doesn't treat my dog for whatever you're trying to treat, then it's not going to work. That's just not the case. Some dogs, you can go really low. Some dogs, you know, like you mentioned, multiple reasons, even body condition. I mean, you know, some heavier dogs versus skinnier dogs, they're going to react differently and store it in their fat and maybe, you know, have it be more slowly released. Younger dogs that are thinner, active, they might just kind of blow through it a lot more quickly. And so I think it's so many factors and pet parents, they have to be, and sort of veterinarians, I think have to be willing to sort of set out on this journey and, and, you know, and understand that it's, it's a journey. Right. Okay. We got to take another short break and we'll be right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right. We are back with Dr. Stephanie McGrath, and we're talking about your uh, clinical studies on CBD. And you've got, so the, you've got one that's finishing in March. Is this one that, the one that you're doing more dosing and finding out dosing? No, this is actually the um, the longer one. So this was a three year study, and actually we just awesome. finished today. Exciting. Oh my gosh, how awesome is that? Damn, <laughs> yeah. this is cool. I'll never yeah. forget that. It'll be like I interviewed her on her last day. I know I saw I know. March, and I was like, <gasps> okay. So what did you st- yeah, what did you so, do in this one? So this one is just basically um, a part two to our um, efficacy study. So literally just enrolling a lot of dogs. So we had 60, I can't remember, 62 or 63 dogs that we enrolled and completed this study. And so a much larger study, again, just another proof of concept, does this work? Because yes, we saw some encouraging results from the nine dogs that got it in our pilot study, but you really need to do a much larger study that it, you know, that really sort of takes that to another level and says in a larger population of dogs, we still saw positive results. And then from here, so we'll, we'll unblind ourselves, um, I guess any, any time now, um, <laughs> I keep saying March, but now I guess um, now. Um, so we'll unblind ourselves, we'll start the data analysis. In the meantime, we did just launch another study that is looking at various doses. So we say, okay, we have the proof of concept. We do think that this is likely to work in a large population of dogs with refractory epilepsy. And so now we need to start honing in on the dose. And so this is the study where we'll start looking at the plasma levels. We'll start looking at various doses to say, you know, what dog needs what dose or what um, threshold in their plasma to control their seizure activity. And so this is really 
kind of this the second step in the process in my opinion so taking in another step starting that journey if you will (laughs) very neat it's so exciting and to think that three years has already gone by must be like what how did that happen I mean it it is like flying by um so when you're doing these researches are you using only one strain of hemp every time yes Yes, we are. We're using the same strain. It is a, um, a full spectrum product. So it does have other cannabinoids and terpenes and it does have THC in it as well at low levels. So we are, um, we are trying to, um, not, we're not using an isolate for this study. I think it's important to, even though we may not understand what they all, what role all the cannabinoids play. I think we, are um, at least on my team are in agreement that it probably makes sense to be using um, a full spectrum product. So thank you. That's what we always tell people. All of this research <laughs> is based on a full spectrum product, not on an isolate or a broad spectrum. So when you see a broad spectrum um, product out there, no THC, how do you feel? Because I want to rip my hair out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of. Or did you even know? Because like in Colorado, you probably don't even see it. You know? When I <laughs> well, sit out here, it's like, what's the purpose of that? That's that's very true. We had, I don't think we have a lot of non-THC products in this uh, the state, but we um, yeah, I think there's enough proven medicinal value to THC that even at low levels, I think that it makes sense. To be totally honest, I'm probably going to get my hands slapped at CSU, but to be totally honest, I would like to look at even higher like medicinal marijuana um, in dogs because I. I know that at high levels, it can be harmful to to pets, but I do also, my understanding is at lower levels, it actually probably is not, and it may help. And so eventually- I give give my Nina 10 milligrams of uh, FICO every night. I started with five, moved it up to eight to 10, and she barely even gets high anymore. Yeah, um, it's it and we're nine months we're nine months in of doing this. So it took nine months. At first, she was like every night urinary incontinence, you name it. Um, but and then in the day, we do um, hundred milligrams of full spectrum hemp extract um, with her. But yeah, I want to be there when you do the THC stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be continued. But well, um, yeah, I think I mean, I think it's shown that our, our endocannabinoid system is fascinating, incredibly complex, as you know, and I think, um, come, you know, coming at these diseases from multiple different um, targets, um, even on a molecular level is is probably important. And so that's, you know, again, the reason we chose full spectrum. Okay, I'm, we're, we're going to go now, but I want to ask you one more question for both pet parents and vets who are still on the fence, who are still worried that this could hurt their dog um, and or they're going to their vet and their vet's going, nope, nope, that's going to kill your dog. What can you tell to these pet parents? Because I think you're going to have the perfect message because when people told you no or didn't give you the information, you went out and got it and did something about it. And that's what I want to kind of encourage our pet parents and veterinarians who are questioning why they haven't learned or why isn't it approved by the FDA or some think it's still illegal to even talk about it, thanks to California. So what, <laughs> give us a nice little message to them to encourage them because there's no one in my opinion who could say it better than you because you are a pioneer woman. Yeah, uh, thank you, Angela. I really appreciate the the kind words. I, um, you know, and I, 
to be totally honest, I think I'm, I'm a, kind of a skeptic. I think that I, I really encourage people, veterinarians, pet owners to do their due diligence. It is still an unknown market. And so I think looking at different companies, making sure that they you know, have their certificate of analyses and are doing as much as they can on their side to ensure safety, the better. That being said, I also will, am very encouraged by our studies. So yes, it is used all the time without seemingly causing any harm. But I think to have these scientific studies that we're doing is incredibly important. And so far it's a very encouraging data. And so that, to me, that helped me feel better even as a veterinarian, um, let alone a pet parent to be able to feel more comfortable with using CBD and not being so scared of it. From a veterinary standpoint, um, you know, and even a pet owner standpoint, it's certainly, I mean, there's a lot of mixed um, views and opinions about it. I think that it's, it really should be a very highly respected drug and product. And I think it lost a lot of that in the early 1900s to, to late 1900s. And I think that's where, you know, things really, really fell apart, especially, you know, in the, the 50s, 60s era. And so I think it's important to bring it back up to a respected medicinal product. And we are in the process of doing that. And so it's okay to talk about, and it really is. I mean, it's, it's, our, it's important, I think, as medical professionals to talk about it, especially if a pet owner is interested in explaining what studies are published, what's out there, what do we know, what don't we know? And that education is, um, I think, really important. Um, and in some ways, our responsibility as veterinarians and um, our oath to pets and pet owners to provide them with that information. So I think- Thank it, you. I, yeah. that, I just have to say one more thing that I loved when you said, it's not just about how it's affecting the pet, it affects the entire family and that you realize that and how devastating yeah. it can be, how difficult it can be, how expensive it can be. So I just wanna say thank you very much for everything you do. You are a hero of mine and I am so appreciative of all the hard work you're doing and please don't stop, keep it up. Thank you, Angela. Thanks for the invitation today. And thanks, bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. <sighs> is that Dunkin's new holiday blend coffee? Sure is. Because sometimes the holidays just call for Dunkin'. What's in it? A spark of holiday spirit? A cup full of holiday cheer? Your very own holiday shopper? Actually, all that. And notes of molasses and dried fruit. Just the warming blend I need for that holiday hustle. Ah! Sit through the holidays with the $2 medium holiday blend coffee at Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.